Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Dan Quinn introductory press conference in Ashburn is continuing. I want to get you back out to hear the remainder of this press conference. We're going to be giving you our takeaways and our assessments on what we've heard from Josh Harris Adam Peters, and Dan Quinn. A lot of meat on the bone here. Jotted a bunch of things down to talk about, including who's calling defensive plays, how Quinn decided he wanted Cliff Kingsbury. But let's get you back right now out to the press conference as it continues in Ashburn. Good disguises, you know, to make the quarterback have to read the coverages after he has the ball in his hand. And Joe's been exceptional at that through his career. So that's why when those moments come, and you want to nail it, uh, you do it, and you go for it. And so I appreciate Josh and Adam when the moment came to go be uh, aggressive, um, we were going to go do that. Can you take us through the timeline, the emotions of interviewing for this job, and then what was the moment like when you got the call? Um, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. It's, uh, you know, you, nobody's ringing. All right, you put your phone back. Is anybody calling? No, they're not calling. So, <laughs> you know, like, is my phone working? Yes, it's still working. So... I so uh, wanted uh, this moment, and so, like, you know, you're just that. And so, Stacey and I took a ride, you know, out in the car, and we don't, we don't ever do that. She's like, come on, let's get out of the house. And so we just, you know, went around, and, and then uh, Thursday night, I think, or whatever it was, a couple nights ago, um, Adam had called and extended it out. And so, and you have to kind of wait overnight to, um, to get there, and so you don't sleep much that night. And then it probably doesn't fully hit you until you get your feet on the ground here. And so that was what was really cool about last night. Um, we were not expecting to see Adam and his wife, Jen, there on the tarmac. And so like, that's brotherhood. That's showing like, I'm in with you. And that was awesome. So you want the call, you're ready for the call, but it becomes more real when you get there because you know, you want it, you're there. But when you get it, you're pumped to say, let's, let's go do this. And so Stacy's uh, been with me the whole time through it. And so it's all the good, the bad, and everything in between. And so this football life we live together is fun. But um, it's moments like that that uh, it's hard to stay present and be where your feet are, you know, in those moments. But it's also one of the really cool times to say, man, you get to go prove it and, and kick ass and have fun doing it. And so that's what we plan on doing. Sam, I'll tell you, too, he, he didn't answer when I called. He's playing hard to get. So. <laughs> it made me wait so long. I'm not answering the first ring. I've got to make him feel a little somewhere, you know. Um, Barry Sferluga from The Washington Post. Uh, for Dan and Adam, you've spoken about uh, a shared vision, speaking the same language. I wonder what that means. Is that in a football way? Like, I like the hybrid 4-3, or what, what, what are some specific examples of sharing that language. I think we can probably start. I'll start it and then yeah. kick it over to you. I think it's probably deeper than scheme, you know, because uh, if you went around to the other 31 teams, there'd be a lot of the same scheme. There's going to be wide zone, this passing concept. It might be a version of cover three or man-to-man. -man. So 
all 32 play some of that. It's more about the play style and the vision of how to feature players into that play style. And so that's one of the things that I love about coaching is finding unique traits that a player has and then how could we fit them into a system, into a structure to make it happen. And so I was fortunate in Dallas, it pushed me further um, into new places, into new things to find, you know, like a guy like Micah Parson who was, wasn't just a linebacker and he could do other things. And so Adam and I have been at it together for a long time to know that there's a play style and traits that players have of length and speed and ball hawking ability and guys who can finish on offense, whether the explosive play is a screen that can go or a line of scrimmage play, like we both recognize that it does start up front and we know what that looks like and how it you know, fits in together. So we together wanted to make sure that like every time people see us play, they said, man, these guys are fast, they are physical, they absolutely you know, finish at a rate that's not normal. And so he's seen what that's looked like, he's lived it you know, on you know, the three clubs you know, on his way up to see all that. And so having the ability to go to other teams, there is advantage to that because for everybody else, and I've said this to owners before, I remember saying to the Jones, well, we've never been anywhere else. This is like, <laughs> This is the only way. When you get to other places, you find things that you would take along the way that you get to share about it. And so just this morning, he and I are going through the roster again and, and talking. So it's more of a play style and an attitude and traits than it is a scheme of a 3-4 or 4-3. Football scheme evolves, and, but the player side of things and Adam and his staff and their crew of making sure we're always finding ways to feature the unique things that players have. And, We'll work really hard to do that here. Yeah, I think you covered it all, but I'll, I'll probably be repeating <laughs> you here a little bit. But yeah, it's it's that identity, that play style that we're looking for. That when you're watching the, the we call it the silent tape, when you, you watch it on TV and you turn the volume down, you just see how fast and physical and aggressive you are on both sides of the ball. Finishers, that type of style is what you're looking for. And whether it's four, three, three, four, however you want to talk, wide zone, any type of offense, it's finding those types of guys that, and it's really the type of people that we want to bring in the building and people that love football, who are gonna, you know, give it all for for us on the, on the field. So, really, throughout the whole process, where it's like we're speaking the same language. It's like I'm interviewing almost a person just like me who thinks the same way about football. So I think that would answer your question, hopefully. That's cool. Yeah. Dan, Chick Hernandez, WUSA 9. Um, you're filling out your staff. You've got Cliff Kingsbury as your OC. What happens now to Eric Bieniemy? You know, I had a good visit, uh, Chick. I'm glad that you brought up EB because um, I think he's an excellent coach. And so I had a chance to visit with him uh, today. And so we'll continue that dialogue to go. He's, you know, no longer, we're not going to work together here. But in this coaching brotherhood, I wanted him to know, uh, man, I really respect the work that he's done. And uh, as coaches, you know, we all stay connected even though we're on different teams. So I wish EB nothing but the best, and uh, he'll do a great job. I was really uh, pumped that he took his shot this year and went for it, and so I've got a lot of respect for him. And Josh, you've got two other squads that you, yeah, you manage. <coughs> How different was the search for a head coach here, considering this is a team that you grew up watching and, and what it means to you personally? Look, obviously, growing up in Washington and Chevy Chase, uh, you know, all the history that I experienced uh, with uh, the Joe Gibbs era uh, and all the championships, like, made this 
super meaningful for me personally in terms of being at this moment and being able to, I think, propel um, this uh, team forward towards our goal, which is to being elite. Like none of us up here want to do anything but be elite. So I think that Liz, this is a big day for me. Big day personally, and um, you know we're all um, really excited about delivering for this city and for the Steve, area. Steve Weiner, Associated Press, Dan. I know obviously you've got a lot of work to do, but like, how excited are you about being able to pick your own quarterback and kind of mold this roster and, and all the options you have in front of you? Well, I think number one, I'm pumped because um, you get to do it with people that you want to share this vision with. And going into it, you know, like the team has excellent players, and that's job number one to find those unique guys on our team and feature them into the right spot. So before you even get to the draft, there's the own club, you know, here in our own house, you know, to evaluate and handle. And then into free agency, you add some more and then into the draft. So we're just getting rolling. And this wave is going to keep riding for a long time. But uh, we're just catching it right now. So as we're hitting it, it's first about our club and in-house. Then you expand some more into free agency because that ties into the draft. So conversations with Adam, you know, like, Okay, you can spend on free agency here, but there's good depth at the position in the draft there, and that's the strategy and the acumen that he has of knowing which levers to pull based on free agency in the draft. But we want really tough, competitive-ass guys that are going to absolutely go for it. That's the trait. That's the secret sauce. And the more people we have on that, you're going to hear us see competition, talk competition at every corner. And that's what these elite NFL players are. They grew up their whole life competing. So, like, why would we not put them into anything other than this, like, competitive cauldron to roll? And so that's what we plan on doing uh, over and over and over again. But as far as the draft, um, that's a little too far down the line for me right now. <laughs> and, Adam, you guys have talked a lot about collaboration. What do you expect Dan's role to be in terms of you guys when you're figuring out those kind of decisions moving forward and, and kind of what kind of input you seek from him? Yeah, we, that, that's the exact environment that I want to be in is being collaborative with the head coach through every decision that we make and that's whether that's the draft free agency we're going to be talking all the time we may have a door connecting our offices if that, that's collaboration right yes. so, <laughs> but yeah so every every decision we make we're going to talk we're not going to make a decision without talking to each other we're going to come out of that room which whichever door we come out yeah. of with, with the same uh, same answer in mind Scott Abraham ABC 7 Dan welcome to Washington Thanks, Scott the word rebuild came up a couple of times during Adam's press conference. Do you view this as a rebuild? And if so, what's the process of, of going through a rebuild and time frame wise, how do you want your team to kind of take shape during this rebuild? Your words, not mine. All right. So I'm, I'm really honestly glad that you, that you brought it up. And I know it's a big topic. And I would say this is a recalibrate, you know, finding our north again. And that starts, you know, with our identity of our club. So, no, I, you will not hear me say the word rebuild at all. Um, this is about assessing what we have, how do we add to that, and then how quickly we can accelerate this process together. Now, how do you do that? Connection, staff, off-season, into training camp, and then ultimately putting all these guys to find the best group to help us go play as well as we can, as fast as we can. So uh, there is no timeline on that, um, but we will push it hard uh, to see how good we can get and how fast we can get. But I see it much more as a recalibration to say, let's find our north, own our identity of how we're going to get it on, and then push hard to reach that. And uh, like all things, it takes some trust you know, between teammates, staff, 
personnel ownership, but the more connection we have, the faster we'll get there. And uh, there's a lot to get done, but I honestly do not see um, that word as part of my thinking at all. You said the word identity. What does a Dan Quinn-led football team look like? Adjectives. Tell us what it'll look like. I would say, if I had to say two right now, it'd be uh, explosive and physical. And the explosive comes offensively uh, and on the return game from big plays uh, through the run game, through play action, through the passing game, ones that can change field position. And those are the explosive plays that you have to keep going and being aggressive to go. Uh, on defense, that's the energy generating football that takes place on an interception, on a score for you know returning on defense, a forced fumble, the sacks, the ones that create negative plays for an offense to put them in some disadvantaged situations like we like playing from second and 12 and 13 and third and longer. So how do you do that? You've got to be bold. You've got to be aggressive. Having the players to do that, that's part of what we do. And then train them to do it over and over and over again. It's so important for us to find guys of things they can do versus things they can't do. And uh, I can remember early on as a coach here at a scout table, like, oh, he's a little slow. He's you know not very long. but he's, I said, man, I can't wait to watch him. You know, was, I want to find the unique stuff that a guy does have, and then how do we put him into this? And so if we bring a guy here, I want to make sure I'm very clear to Adam to say, this is how we would feature this player. He's the, you know, the F tight end. He's the second halfback. He's the starting you know, defensive end, whatever that looks like. And then we can push that player into that vision. Quite honestly, when players leave college, they don't know what their vision is. And that's our job to help them get there. And why do guys develop faster than others? Sometimes the vision of what they can become is so different than what they did in college. They were chose a college, the system changed, the coaching staff changed, whatever it might have been. And now you put them into a space that you know how to feature them. So why do late round draft picks and free agents take off? There was a specific plan for how that guy could be used. And that's the connection I have to be able to give to Adam as often as I can. So. Um, Explosive and physical, and I'd hope uh, you know teams that have to play against us are like, damn, this this is going to be hard today. And uh, having that physical nature of the way that we finish plays, that jumps out off tape, inspires others that we're with, and keeps pushing the standard that you're going to hear me say a lot. Uh, finding these standards together, so I would say, uh, explosive and physical uh, would be two things that uh, I hope every time uh, we play and get it on that you guys feel that. Good afternoon, gentlemen. David Harrison, Sports Illustrated. Coach, welcome to D.C. Thanks, David. Um, I noticed over your, your track record, stylistically, scheme-wise. Uh, You're listening you live to the ongoing press conference of Dan Quinn. He's flanked by Josh Harris and Adam Peters and Ashburn right here on Grant and Danny on the fan. It's, uh, it's good to know that, like, I'll tell you a quick story of why. Like, you have to evolve, and it does have to change. And um, during that time of reflection, I said, in between uh, leaving Atlanta and going to Dallas, I think I referred to Josh and Adam and like, you know, did a 360 on myself. The other thing I did during that time defensively was we put the tape together from 2013 to 2020. So that included Seattle and it included Atlanta because it was really the same system in those eight years of defense. And what had once been good was no longer good enough. And so playing three deep the way that we did in Seattle and early on in Atlanta, there were some good things that went along with that. As it went further, more completions when you played this kind of vision zone, more troubled routes. And there's some excellent offensive coaches, so they knew this and this causes them problems and this and this. So 
coming back for that second lap, I knew I wasn't going to rinse and repeat. What were some things around the league and, and through college ball that could be different? And so coming back into Dallas, the system that we put together will be similar to the one here to say, let's collectively put together the commander's offense and defense. So that's why it evolved, where some things were good early on and they changed. Some things can stand the test of it, this front, this thing. But it did have to evolve, especially on the coverage side. The, uh, the offense and the quarterbacks were moving ahead faster than that scheme would allow. And so that is why having that space for me, although it sucked and it was depressing and pissed you off, there was this silver lining in that that made me become a better coach because I had to look at myself, not just from the, the, the lens of a head coach, but I also had to look at it from a lens on defense. I had to look at it. Why weren't we good enough in four-minute offense? I wanted to go back and find it through those years. And so that's why I was so adamant about when you get those lessons, like you want to go and run with them to prove it. And so they've been in my pocket <laughs> on some things and others I got to the show through you know my time in Dallas. And that was a fun process to go through. So that's where it was where things evolved and changed. And you know, in five or six years from now, it won't be the same exact things anymore either. So you have to constantly keep pushing. You've got to be innovative. You've got to be on the edge of things. Not all the things that you try work, you know, like it goes like this. So sometimes in OTAs and training camp, let's look at a coverage or look at a blitz and then take it out. It's too busy. It takes too much time. If, if a player has to overthink it, it's not the right call. You know, I want them, you know, from the lens of their vision in the helmet that they can go and really attack. And if I have to make them overthink it, whether it be at the quarterback position, this check to this check to this check, or as a defensive play caller uh, to this, to this, to this, and they have to slow down where they can't play fast and aggressive and hitting, then it's not the right fit. So there's some trial and error, but um, it is part of coaching that makes this profession so much fun because it's always evolving. It's never, you don't get bored doing this. So it feeds into my good, okay, what's next personality. But I do like that there's something next and it's next and it's next and you better keep up and, or you get left behind on some things. And I learned that lesson. And so that's why evolving and having a plan of how to do that each off season, that's a really big deal. And then uh, Coach Witt once said that his dream, one of his two dream jobs was uh, being the defense coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. But obviously, that dream has shifted. He came with you. What does that mean to you as, as a leader for him? Yeah, and I'm really fortunate that uh, Joe's had a big impact on me. Um, so um, leaving Atlanta and coming to Dallas, um, I knew Joe had special traits about him. And uh, not just in the coverage side, although that's, you know, I would say his superpower of the detail, the coverage, the play style. Uh, but what also is there is the ball hawking and the tackling and the fundamentals. So he grew up a coach's kid. So Joe's father was an exceptional coach at Auburn for a really long time. You know you're a good coach when you don't coach there anymore and you still have a locker in the coach's locker room. Like, that's Joe Witt Sr., okay? So coming up as a coach's kid, Joe's, he'd been on practice field since he was this tall. And so he knew what good looked like along the way. And he's been more than ready for this opportunity to do it. And uh, I'm thrilled to, to add him into it because it also allows some of the language for me to you know, stay connected to in a good way. Because you know, for me, learning the language offensively, if I had to do that again defensively, it would have been longer. Now I can accelerate that process. So we're really pumped he's here. He's got a fantastic football background.
Hey, Dan, George Wallace, WTOP. Welcome to D.C. Thanks, George. Uh, kind of a unique situation, obviously. New ownership group, first time general manager. How important was that for you going into this kind of everybody's starting fresh this year? Yeah, I thought um, – I didn't think of it in that way of starting fresh, but I did think of it as what I was looking for, you know, to be a part of, you know, a team like this. And so that was probably more important than the, the newness of it. But to get to start kind of all together – um, I think that's a really cool thing. And I hope, you know, many years from now we look back on this day and say that was really cool. That's when this thing started. That's when we got it all together back on, you know, whatever date was on 2024 in February. We look back, you know, 20 years from now and say that's how you do it. And uh, that's huge standards, huge expectations of what we have for all of us. But that's how we want to set them. And so I think it is kind of cool. I didn't think about it, but uh, you're right. To start something fresh together, it's pretty rare. I don't know how many times that's happened in the history of sport, but uh, I think it's a pretty good precedent to, to go for it. Quinn, the new head coach of the Washington Commanders, saying Eric Bieniemy will not be retained. He will not be on the coaching staff. He's not going to use the word rebuild, and I liked his line, if a player has to think, then it probably isn't the right call. Very, very different than a defense where players were often confused and had some miscommunication issues in the secondary last year. You're not going to miss any of the presser. We'll continue next on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
Grant and Danny live on the fan all over D.C. and Richmond and wherever you are on the Odyssey app. This Dan Quinn introductory press conference, 57 minutes long. We're a little bit behind because, you know, we have this whole thing we've got to do, Danny. We where rules. Occasionally we have to take some breaks, but it just ended. We're going to let you hear the final several minutes right now. We told you you would hear the full presser when we said that. We thought it would be 30 minutes long. We didn't know it would be a record-breaking, hour-long press conference. But we will get our chance eventually to talk today on Grant and Danny. But more Dan Quinn, Adam Peters, Josh Harris, the story of the day out in Ashburn. Hi, Liam Griffin, Washington Times. Uh, Dan, I want to know, what does a successful first season look like for you guys? Do you have a record in mind? Do you have a, what, what, is, what do you want to see from that team by the end of the first season? I would say, uh, one, it's a cool question, Liam. I would say uh, I want to make sure, above all things, um, that our identity takes place about how we play football and that um, when people watch us play, they know what commander's football looks like. You know, we're going to find our true north to say we are going to be explosive, we are going to be physical. If we do those things right and if we can get to that space quickly, um, the success will follow from that. But you can't put a prediction on that without having those things in place. So uh, I'm somebody that wants to hit every rung of the ladder and not jump across steps to get to somewhere where you, you left some things off. So we're going to hit all those markers on the way. How quickly our team connects, uh, how quickly the staff and the team connects, that's where it's at. And so the success will be derived from that. And uh, we're going to try to accelerate as fast as we can. Um, but there's a lot of work to do. And so once we get to that you know, final roster that we put in place to, to start the season in September, um, we got a lot of work to do between now and then. Hello, all. Brandy Flores, DC News Now. Dan, welcome to Washington. Thank you. Since it was announced that you were taking the head coaching job with the commanders, it has been nothing but praises from your former players to former assistants. How important is it to you that throughout your career that you've established to be not just a good leader, but a good person that these people will seem like they'll follow you to the end of time? Well, I, I one, I appreciate you saying that. Um, that, was re- not, that was not a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All those guys, thank you. Um, the reason I got into coaching was the players. Like, I've loved football my whole life coming up. Like. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I went to college. I wanted to teach and coach. And so when I was in college, I found out that I didn't have to teach. I could just coach. I said, that's a pretty good gig. I'll, I'll go that way. So, But teaching has been part of what I've done for my whole life. And that connection with people um, and players specifically is what I've done. I love the fact that you get to help develop somebody and them to achieve things that maybe they didn't even think were possible. So to see a player develop and get into that you know, second contract or third contract and you helped change their life, like that's really big. And early on, I didn't know, could you have an impact as a coach in pro ball? You know, you say, it's a business and that. And and from the outside, it's a really fair question. But from the inside, it's completely false because of that connection and knowing that lives get changed because of the impact we can make for one another. And so... I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for some of those players that are saying those things. They were the ones in Seattle that helped create a moment for me in Atlanta. Same thing in Dallas. And so that's why, for me, I've learned a lot from players. Seeing some from the vision of their helmet, of what it could look like, I can't tell you how much I learned from Bryant Young. 
you know, when I first became a, you know, a coach in San Francisco, his standard of performance was second to none. He set the bar so high, it was hard to go like, well, he doesn't do it like BY. And Jason Taylor and others that I've coached along the way um, through Seattle and guys, you know, household names you'd know, but you may not know who Michael Bennett was as an undrafted free agent at an A&M to see his life get changed or um, the connection with Matt Ryan and uh, seeing what that meant, you know, to see those experiences happen. And then same thing um, in Dallas, you know, with a number of the players there. So I absolutely love it. I think it's leadership. And early on, I think I felt like leadership was just about how do I lead? And then as I got maybe a little more chrome and a little older, I recognized leadership wasn't just about me. It's helping others see the leadership in themselves and what they could become and giving them a vision of what their career and path could look like. And there would be good days and hard days always in between. But if we stayed consistent with these guys, like they need to be told the truth about things. And uh, they appreciated that, the honesty when it's going good. And I can see Jason nodding his head because they need that. And to just to dance around, oh, it was a numbers game or it wasn't your fault or like, that's not accurate. Like tell these guys the truth. They want to be great. And we have to sometimes as coaches and leaders tell them the things they don't want to hear. And I'm comfortable doing that because they know I come from a place that I care about them, I love them, and I want the best for them. So um, it's why I coach, um, to have those connections with everybody involved with it. I've loved being on a team. Um, it's my favorite thing. I've been over on uh, like over 78 teams in my life, you know, from being a seven-year-old to sports through, you know, high school and college and pro ball. And so being on a team is what I know. And it's what I love. So that's why that connection is so damn important to me, players, coaches, the whole thing. And when you get it really good um, and really tight, that's when the, the magic stuff happens. And uh, it's hard to do that. Uh, we got different than, you know, I know, you know, Josh from his background in, in hoops and in hockey, like it's a big team, you know. We got to run 100 deep here, you know, between players, coaches, staff to get connected. And if you can get that many people together on a vision of how to do things, knowing that like every role matters, you know, for game day to just support those guys, that's when you hit it. And knowing every person in this building has a role in winning. And that's what we got to get to. And the players feel that. And uh, that's why I love it so much. Thank you, Dan. Candace, Candace, Candace. Buckner, uh, Washington Post. Um, so I'll preface this by saying 53 is not old at all. Thank you. Uh, but as you were watching the NFL cycle, hiring cycles the last two years and the trend of hiring younger coaches, uh, while you were waiting and being optimistic about your next shot, did you have to fight discouragement that maybe the league was passing your group, your age group over? Mm. Young and shiny, right? Yeah, okay. Well, I would say I was once young and shiny, so I um, – wanted to make sure I don't see myself as that so I get it was honestly more like offenses versus defensive so it was nice to see people recognizing you got to coach the whole team that's a head coach that's the essence of it it's not just this one group and hope it goes good on the other side that's what an offensive coordinator does a special teams coordinator and a defense coordinator does so it was never one to me about old or young like we've seen some really good coaches 
um, two who I regard very highly who just, you know, finished their careers this year in their 70s. And, like, that's the, that's, that's the mark for me. You know, let's talk about that in those terms. But it wasn't necessarily age as much as it was offense versus defense. Um, so I can't believe you outed me. I am 53. But um, <laughs> I was absolutely going to go for 45, but this probably gave it away. So. <laughs> Of the players, either through phone call or just text. Not yet, and uh, now that I'm here, I, I, uh, you know, I look forward to getting to do that. There's so many guidelines that you can and can't follow, but um, more than anything, I just want them to know like how pumped I am to get rocking with them, and uh, we're going to compete our asses off together. And so, knowing that, I hope they feel the energy that's uh, and momentum that's going to come um, from this day forward, and knowing that. Um, Years ago, I can remember Matt Ryan, after my first year together, he said, I felt like I got traded, but I went back to the same building. And I thought to myself, good job, because that's what I was wanting them to feel. They needed a, a, a recalibration, and uh, our club does too. And so that's what I anticipate doing. Great. That's great. Thank you. Thanks. Dan Quinn taking questions from all comers there. I mean, that was a 57-minute introductory presser. Netflix special. If anybody wanted to ask a question, they got to. I asked someone with the club before the press conference. Danny, I said, how long do you guys think it'll go? They said, we're planning on 30 minutes of questions. They doubled that. You could see the appeal. You could see why everybody loves the guy. Right away. I mean, listen, we, you know, we, we're, and we're going to break all this down. We talk about press conferences, the opener. It's harder to lose it than it is to win it. But you can just see that how genuine, how humble, how willing to confront where he fell short, how willing to uh, you know attack the new challenges ahead and you know, kind of eyes wide open, a lot less equivocating, a lot less excuse-making, a lot more. I get it. I get how we got here. I'm pumped for this opportunity. Just comes across as so unbelievably likable. Like well, how about how candid he was yeah. about how desperately he wanted to be a head coach? 100%. Again? I, I you know, love that, Grant. I do. Maybe it'd I'm a be sucker. easy to, to just say, well, I'm a coach, whether I'm a D coordinator. No, he made it very clear. I have urgently wanted this. I wanted this badly. I was staring at my phone constantly. This is important to me. Um, there's a lot we can chew on here. There's all kinds of different uh, news items that have come out of this, including Eric Bieniemy being out, Joe Witt Jr. calling the defense, why he liked Cliff Kingsbury, the fact that he w- doesn't think they need to rebuild and won't be calling it that. It's a recalibration. A lot about his relationship with Adam Peters as well, the fact that it's very obvious to me he wants nothing to do with personnel. He wants to coach football. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he and Peters hit it off the way that they did. But uh, let's get into some of our reactions to what was an hour-long introductory presser. As Danny said, let him go. I mean, the more that was going on, the more answers and, and, and platitudes and just plans he was giving. And he was legitimately answering questions, mm-hmm. by the way. He was very, I thought, open. And, and you know, a lot of times you got something canned. He, he was giving real answers, which was great. Good for the team, right? They're, they're yes. not going to stop that. Because this is the best part of Dan Quinn is you get him up in front of the mic and nobody's ever met him that doesn't love him. So I was getting very positive feedback, reactions online. Uh, Let's get into some of our takeaways next. Mike Florio is going to stop by in about 20 minutes from Radio Row. We can ask him what he thinks about the Kingsbury hire, Dan Quinn coming to town, Eric Bieniemy on his way out. Lots to get to on Grant and Danny. We officially get things going post-press conference next on The Fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. On 106.7, the fan. Dan Quinn introduces the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Josh Harris starting the press conference by saying, the last time Adam Peters and I sat here, we told you we wanted to find the best leader for Washington football, and we did that, which is actually where I want to start. Maybe it's just me. Josh Harris doesn't like saying commanders very much, does he? It's easy to notice that. If you're looking for it, which I am, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of commanders in when when old JH speaks. You could say, well, it's just a coincidence. Maybe Washington football over commanders is his preference, very obviously. But I don't want to bury the lead. So Quinn is introduced. Peters talked about the ability to build a staff. He talked about his propensity to resonate with people. The fact that players love playing for him, that they hit it off. Here's really at its core what I think happened here. And this isn't to say that this wouldn't have happened with other candidates, but I think one of the reasons they feel so good about Dan Quinn. It is extremely obvious to me. Dan Quinn wants nothing to do with being an assistant GM. Dan Quinn is not here to pick football players. Quinn wants to coach. He said he will lean on Peters extensively. He mentioned over and over again that when Adam counsels him, he'll be able to tell him how he can use a guy or what he might be able to make uh, a guy do differently than he did in college that could work, how he could alter a prospect. But it was clear in a cycle where Belichick got very little love because the coach-centric thing is dying and people didn't want him sucking oxygen out of the front office room, uh, where Vrabel is not going to be coaching in the NFL as good as he is after he butted heads with Rand Carthen in Tennessee and clearly Danny wanted some say in personnel the reason this Dan Quinn thing made so much sense to Washington in addition to the fact that they love the leader and they think he's a good coach this is the Adam Peters show man and I thought it was very obvious as Quinn spoke for the 57 minutes he took questions he doesn't plan on helping pick players that, to me, is why this thing can work and certainly will work better than the Rivera era did because you've got a Rivera-ish head coach, but he's not playing GM. He's not moonlighting as a front office executive, and it doesn't sound like Quinn has any interest in doing that. Now, you and I both know it's a rebuild, right? Most fans listening know that it's a rebuild to some degree. Now, how long those take in football in a league of parity when you've got a bleep ton of salary cap space and a whole bunch of draft picks? 
in the top 100 might be a different timetable than under, than in other sports, right? Say this Wizards rebuild is going to take some years, like Philadelphia, uh, the 76ers did, et cetera. But you could see the separation of powers there, whether that was intentional or not. Dan Quinn's job is not to rebuild. He's given 53 guys. We're going to set a standard. We'll coach them as hard as we can possibly coach them, put them in positions to succeed as much as they can possibly succeed. Who's on the field or who's on the roster is not his responsibility. Again, that divvying up is essential. Because think about when you have this stupid coach-centric model that I'll never get over, but the GM is going to lose in that tug of war to the head coach nearly every time, right? I mean, because this week is more essential to the head coach slash GM than two, three, four years from now, et cetera. Whereas Peters is going to be able to balance and should be able to balance both things. Where the job of Peters is to basically go every day, who from this group here that I've already assembled is going to be here next year, the year beyond, et cetera, and who's replaceable? Who can we move on from and who should we move on from? Dan Quinn's job is not to do that. His job is to coach the 53 that he's given at, to, to, to the highest extent possible. That separation in of itself just tells you that the structure can work. Yeah, it started a little rocky for me when he immediately said, you guys are going to get used to me saying, be where your feet are. Did not love it. And then I thought he was going to follow that up and go, my other favorite saying is, that's interesting, but it's not important. More so than anything else, okay. But uh, aside from the PTSD and the flashbacks, uh, it ended up being, I think, a huge win for the club and for Quinn. I'm a sucker for an introductory press conference. I wasn't surprised. Uh, this is how uh, he is so popular. He is a likable guy. I, I mentioned this the other day. Unsolicited NFL head coaches, you know, front office executives were hitting me up this past week, guys that I know and have worked with or covered in the past that tell me how awesome Dan Quinn is. I mean, he is beloved. The relationship between him and Peters is the thing I'm really going to grasp onto that will give me some hope, though, as someone who believes in Peters' abilities. I thought it was awesome that Peters and his wife went and met uh, Dan Quinn and his wife as they got off the plane late last night. You know, he talked about the brothership already being built I just think that that rapport becomes critical. Uh, let's go rapid fire here really quickly, Danny. Um, we'll go back and forth in volley, but I, I want to go through some of these. Joe Witt Jr. is going to call defensive plays, not Dan Quinn. How about that? The new defensive coordinator. What do you think? That well, I don't want to say it was surprising, but it kind of cemented. Again, Dan Quinn sees his role less as defensive side of the ball, period, end of story, as unifier CEO type. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, he says he wants to be able to control the game. He wants to be able to operate as a head coach in game management at a high level. Uh, he also really trusts Witt, no doubt about it. Three straight stops now for Joe Witt Jr. Which I get. Uh, where he's been under Dan Quinn in Atlanta and Dallas and D.C. I bet you also they didn't have a choice. Not to say they didn't want him to call plays, but he could have stayed in Dallas. He was their first right. choice as their coordinator and would have been calling plays there. So you probably had to offer them that, even if Quinn would prefer to do it, to get him here. Good point. Uh, he talked about Cliff Kingsbury being high on his list because, for the same reason he hired Kyle Shanahan, he said that he's always found Cliff Kingsbury's offenses very, very hard to defend how multiple they are, how aggressive he is, how they like to throw the ball down the field vertically and take shots and try to be explosive. What did you make of what he said about Kingsbury? There was less talk about him working yeah. with quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. I would have thought that was one of the, the primary focal points of bringing him in, but for him it was more about how much he likes the scheme, which is interesting because the scheme's gotten knocked a bit over the years. And, Jeeps, it may be ultimately that quarterback point, but you can't quite say it yet because they haven't officially drafted one at two or they don't want to tip their hand with Sam Howell or otherwise because I still think that's the essential thing 
is Kingsbury whispering to quarterbacks. But yeah, the, the scheme part of it, I thought was, you know, I mean, coaches feel how they feel, right? You you know, if the guy's a pain in the butt, you could have chosen chosen a lot of people. But if that guy's hard to go up against for you, I just don't think of it the same way for for Kingsbury. I don't think of him as a downfield Eric Coriel attack type thing. I think of it as quick passes getting out and the occasional shotgun run. Eric Bieniemy is out. He was classy about this, that he sat down with yep. Bieniemy today, told him how much he likes him, how great a coach he is. Not a good enough coach, I guess, to coach on this staff, though, because he made it clear to Bieniemy that they are parting ways, something we'll talk quite a bit about. As you said, he will not use the word rebuild. He's calling it a recalibration. So how did we get here with Dan Quinn? And maybe more importantly, what do we think about Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr., and what lies ahead for this staff? We'll get to that next. Mike Florio is going to join us from on site here at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas at Radio Row. Grant and Danny on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 